Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Julie Martella, founder of Navigating Widowhood, where I specialize in providing life support to widowed men and women as they answer the question, now what? Are you ready to do this? Let's go. Hey friends and navigators, I am so glad that you are here today. Today, I've got myself, two dogs, and a cat all locked away in the uh, recording room, and everyone wanted to be here. And uh, so if you hear a little bit of animal noise, they are a huge support system and also a giant pain in the ass. So so we'll see how this goes. I want to talk to you about confidence today. Do any of you struggle with confidence after the loss of your spouse or partner? Right? It took me it took me a solid month to quantify what I wanted to say about this topic because as I dove into the research and as I looked around and you know started talking to people It doesn't matter. What I found is it doesn't matter who you were and what you did. When your person dies, it rattles you. It decimates your confidence, no matter who you were. And so what I discovered was part of rebuilding our lives after loss is rebuilding our confidence levels. But In order to do that, we have to kind of figure out, like, we don't know how to do that. That's the problem. So what happens is we have decisions that were once easily made become very difficult. We have uh, analysis paralysis we suffer from where we weigh every possible scenario. And we don't do this to be difficult, right? We do this because we are painfully aware that life does in fact exist in the margins and that the 1% could actually happen. And so it makes us consider the weight of those things when making decisions, when trying to figure things out. Now, before before your person died, you might've been a whole different person. So you may be wondering, what happened? What happened to the man or woman that made confident decisions? right? I have a vision of Superman, like with his S out and he's looking to the horizon. You were an amazing decision maker, maybe. Well, when your person dies, the grief process decimates your confidence level because it thrusts you into a situation for, that you are, uh, number one, um, unprepared to deal with. Number two, you have, uh, so you're unprepared, you have no skills, you have no strategies. And number three, you have no idea when it's going to end, right? So I used to say that it was like being kidnapped and grief, I used to say grief was like being blindfolded and kidnapped and dropped off in a dense forest in the Amazon jungle and then trying to figure out how the hell you're going to get home. Like to me, that's the grief experience. Of course, that is a confidence-destroying experience. It's disorienting, right? The compass, the compass, the person who kept you, for me, my husband kept me grounded 
So he was my compass. He's gone. And I have to figure out how I'm going to get back to home, to home base, right? To homostasis, to to the old me. And you know what I learned super fast? I'm not going to get back to the old me. However, I would like, and I'm always striving to get to the new version of me, the 2.0 version. And part of getting to that 2.0 version is rebuilding my confidence. Now, crazy enough, we're going to talk about math today because there is a statistical uh, phrase. We're not even getting into statistics. We're getting into a statistical phrase that's going to help us in what it's called. Is it called the confidence interval? Oh, and there's another fancy scientific phrase called data points. And we're going to talk about confidence intervals and data points today. And the reason that those came up is that I was recently traveling with a friend who's very uh, mathematically and scientifically minded. Number one, it was amazing we were traveling together, but (laughs) because I am not. However, he told me something that just blew my mind. And he said, Julie, you don't have a decision-making problem. You have a confidence problem and your confidence intervals are too low. And I looked at him and I was like, what in the world are you talking about? What, what is this confidence interval thing? And so he explained it to me. And what it is, is it's a statistical term with you know lots of other jargon that we're not going to talk about. But what it does is it asks a person to determine how confident they are of an outcome. And then to assign that confidence, either a percentage point or a number. So you could say, you know, uh, with a 100% scale, how confident are you that something's going to happen? Or a 1 to 10 scale, how confident are you, right? So the goal of the confidence interval is it, it guides you in making decisions and you want to be 51% or more confident that an outcome will occur. If you're lower than 51%, then you want to ask yourself, what data points can you adjust to get to a higher confidence interval? So do you hear, do you hear what's taking place? Like when I heard this, I was like, I kept saying, tell me that again, right? Explain that to me again. Because what I'm hearing is you can look at any situation And you can ask yourself a question, like, how confident am I that this is going to happen? And if you can learn to, number one, to, to, oh, what's the word, to determine or to, to estimate your confidence interval, your level of confidence, then you could make necessary adjustments. Now, based on that information, this is where my mind has been Spinning because what I did is I actually came up with a five step process. I created a set of rules that we can use to build our confidence. So, this is what I came up with. Well, first of all, there's step zero. So, really, it's a six step process. Step zero is uh, decide what you want. All right. So, step number one assess your confidence level. 
Identify, number two, identify the data points or the things that you can tweak. Number three, adjust your action points. Number four, reevaluate your confidence level. And then number five, rinse and repeat. And if you can follow this five-step process, you can build your self-confidence. All right, so what I want to do is this week, I want to go through, let's go through the confidence. Let's go through the five steps. So step zero, you have to begin with a goal or a desired outcome. What is it that you want? What is it you're trying to decide? Maybe it's um, a long-term relationship. Maybe you want to teach a child how to drive a car. Maybe you want to go back to school, right? Maybe you want to try a new recipe that you saw on the cooking channel or TikTok or wherever you find your recipes from. Anything that you want to do comes with a level of confidence. And step zero is deciding what it is you need to determine. Okay? So once you determine, then you go to step one, which is assess your confidence level. So once you have your goal in mind, then I want you to ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, or if you like one to 100, your choice. It's the same thing, right? It's proportionate. Oh, look, we have math all over the place. (laughs) How confident are you that this goal or outcome will happen? How confident are you that you will hit the desired outcome? If you give yourself zero to five, then you need to, you'll benefit from this process. If you give yourself 5.1 or 51 or higher, then technically you're okay, except that the closer you can get to 100, the higher your confidence level will be. So if you're only like at 65, see, I do like the one to 100 better, don't you? Um, If you're at 65, you would still benefit from building your confidence. So, um, so I want you to think about where are you now, if you're already in the nineties, if you're, if you're asking like how confident are you can build, you can create this new dish that you saw on the, the food network and you love cooking, you may start off and go, you know, I'm at a 95 that I can make this dish. Guess what? My friend, if you're at a 95, you don't need this, <laughs> but if you're at a 75, then Let's take a look at it. All right, so that's step number one. Step number two, I want you to identify your data points. And the data points are the things that you can tweak, okay? And I want you to think of this step like as constructing a mental flow chart, all right? And this is what it looks like. You Well, first of all, you can do it mentally or on an actual piece of paper or a piece of graph paper or whatever you want. What happens is each piece of data, each thing, each item is a point on your chart. So you could write, um, what are the things that I have that either are helping me or hurting me? Okay, so let's take... um, Or, wait, let's try this. Or, what needs to happen for you to achieve your goal or outcome? So if we take the example of cooking, then we could say, do like 
our flow chart would look like this. Do I have all the ingredients? Yes or no? Okay. If the answer is no, well, there's your first, there's your first problem with your confidence. If the answer is yes, you go down and then you say, are the ingredients on, on hand and ready to be used or are they expired? You know, you start going through and you start looking at the data points. In the example of teaching, maybe you have a child, you've got a lot of, a lot of widowed parents. We got to teach our kids how to drive. Whoo, that was lots of fun. <laughs> I'm just going to say that my confidence interval was like 23 on that one. So, so when you look at the data points on that, I would be looking at things like, do I have a car? Is the car in good working order? Um, do I have patience? Does my child that needs to learn how to drive have the necessary skills? Have they passed driver's ed? Right? We start making, we start looking at the data points. Um, then, so data points, just collecting and looking at them is step two. Step three is I want you to start adjusting or tweaking the data points. So that list that you made of the things that were going to help or hurt you in your quest to achieve your goal, those very data points are now at the mercy of your imagination. These are the things I want you to start tweaking and adjusting. And how you do that is I want you to begin the process by running different scenarios in your head. But here's the key, my friends, one at a time. You cannot run five different scenarios. You have to pick one and you have to run it. And so what happens is, um, if we go back to the car situation, you pick a scenario and you, you gather the data points and you run that scenario in your head and you go, all right, what's this going to look like? Okay. And you run that scenario and you decide, you know what? I want to change something. I'm going to change the car. Let's say you've got two cars. Let's say you've got a car with an old standard shift, a, sh- a shifter, a gear shifter, you know, like we had to put in the clutch. And let's say you have an automatic. So in one scenario, you're trying to teach your child to drive on a standard transmission. And you run that scenario. And if your confidence level at the end of that scenario is like, oh man, that's like a 45, that's going to be a mess. Then you go back and you say, all right, I'm going to mentally run this again, but this time I'm going to change one thing. I'm going to use the car that has an automatic transmission. And then you mentally rehearse and run through that in your mind. And how does that go? So maybe that gets your confidence level, eh, maybe gets you up to a 60 or a 62, right? Do you see what I'm, do you see how this is working here? So you adjust your data points one at a time, and then you run the scenario. And then you adjust another point, and you run the scenario. Step number four is reevaluating your confidence level. As you adjust the actions and the data points, you can see if it changes the outcome. And then, and this is important, then you reevaluate your confidence level, right? Going from standard transmission to automatic, you reevaluated your confidence level. You went, huh, I went from a 40 to a 63. 
All right, so you know, now what else can I tweak? Well, maybe I take them to the mall parking lot on a Sunday afternoon and teach them how to drive there instead of five o'clock traffic in a big city. Huh, let me run that scenario. And then you have to ask yourself, what is your confidence level? Well, you know, I decided that teaching them how to drive in the mall parking lot on a Sunday afternoon. Well, okay, wait. I said a mall parking lot on a Sunday afternoon. That is so wrong. What I should have said was a high school parking lot on a Sunday afternoon. Now, look, we could actually run, we could run it on both of them. High school parking lot, mall parking lot. Which one will inspire more confidence? If I mentally run this scenario, my confidence level is going to go up to like a 78 in the high school parking lot. It's going to go down to, I don't know, maybe a 53 in the mall parking lot. It's going to be slower, but there's going to be a lot of cars. So, so do you see, but do you see how the process works? You adjust one thing and then you reassess your confidence level. And then you adjust something else and you reassess your confidence level. And then step number five is you rinse and repeat. And so if the one adjustment that you made does not get you to an acceptable level of confidence that you could achieve the desired outcome, then you're going to rinse and repeat. You're going to adjust another data point and then another one until you either get to a confidence level that is comfortable or you decide that you, uh, well, you either get the desired outcome or you realize that you're not going to be able to get to an acceptable level of confidence for you. All right. And this is important. There are times that there is no matter, there's, it doesn't matter how much tweaking of the data points that you do, you're not going to get to an 80 on the confidence level. You may only get to a 60, you may only get to a 50, but you may have to do it anyway, right? Is anyone raising their hand? Has anyone had that happen? God knows I have, right? I had to drive a tractor. I was like, can I drive this tractor? What's your confidence level? 12. (laughs) Okay, so then my neighbor taught me how to drive it. Now what's my level? 32. Okay, now I have to go do it. What's your confidence level? 32. And it had to be done. So there are times when you're going to have to ask yourself or you have to decide, do I do it anyways or do I need to abort the mission? Okay. In my uh, tractor driving, I had to do it anyways. I had to do it. And so When that happens, you just have to arm yourself. You have to give yourself a good pep talk and go, all right, we are not confident, but we can do this. We have been taught the skills. We understand the mechanics and we are doing it. In my, in my, uh, tractor driving, I got better. Every time I did it, I got better. I wrote notes. I took notes. I had a little notebook. I take out on the tractor with me that told me how to do the things. (laughs) And then I would call my neighbor and I would say, okay, I forgot how to do this. One time I called the neighbor because, you know, caught something on fire. But other than that, I would just, each time it got better. And so as it got better and as I remembered the steps, then guess what happened? My confidence 
interval increased until if I needed to get on that tractor, I was like at a 90. You know, if, if now, now here's the caveat. I was at a 90 as long as I, I knew how to put fuel in the tractor, as long as the PTO, as everything was hooked up, as long as, you know, the things had been done, I was ready to go. If I had to change those things, my confidence went immediately down to like a 10 because I couldn't do it. Um, and it wasn't a matter of, I just didn't want to, I physically could not do it. So that's, you know, those are kind of the nuances in the confidence interval conundrum, shall we say. My friends, your confidence, your choice. Building confidence is a journey. It is not an instant transformation. My tractor work, the first time, it was horrible. Second time, it was still horrible, right? By the 10th time, I'm getting there. You are the same way. You have the ability to build, to to take this journey. You have the ability to customize this process for you and your needs. However, you have, okay, we have created or I have created a, a wonderful set of tools here that you can use to determine and then assess and then tweak and check and readjust your confidence levels. You may discover it's trial and error. So be patient with yourself and be adaptable. Be willing to say, you know what? This isn't working, so we're going to try something else. Especially if you are in the situation where failure is not an option, right? If, if you have to do something because there is no one else around, which we all know that this happens, there are times when failure is not an option, then you just keep trying. You keep trying the trial and error. You're patient with yourself and you're adaptable, and you keep tweaking the process until, because guess what? If you keep tweaking the process, you will find a way that works for you. It's like trying all the doors. If a house has 100 doors, you may have to try 57 doors, but you'll find one. You will find a door. It might be the side door next to the basement, (laughs) but you'll find a door. And you may discover that one small change can make a huge difference difference. Okay. If you step out and you try this and you fail, that's okay. You're going to go back. You're going to tweak it and you're going to go, all right, I learned some lessons here. And remember, if you need me, as always, I am here to help. That's a wrap on today's episode. I hope that you are leaving with a pocket full of strategies today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to either subscribe, share it with a friend, or leave a review. Until next time, my friends.